For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You wanted the best online sportsbook? That's easy. It's mybookie.ag. They got the easiest website layout, the best odds, amazing customer service, and payouts in only two business days. Check out mybookie.ag for yourself, and then sign up using promo code WCE50 for a 50% deposit bonus. That's mybookie.ag, promo code WCE50. I'm Gary Seegers. Catch me on Twitter at GaryWCE. And I'm Chris Giannini. Follow me at Chris B. Giannini. And this is the Winning Cures Everything podcast from winningcureseverything.com. Before we get started, please subscribe to the podcast, share it, and review it. We cannot stress how important those reviews are for iTunes rankings, so help us out. Those of us who love this sport live for nights like this. You are looking live at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. This is Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. What up, what up, what up? It is podcast number 190 of the winningcureseverything.com podcast. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. We, uh, we appreciate you guys joining us on Sunday night. Hopefully in the future, this will be uh, one of the two nights that we do this. We're, we're looking at Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. And, yeah, I mean, this is right after the Pro Bowl, right the day after the Senior Bowl. Lots to get into today. Let's go ahead and give you a rundown on what we are going to be talking about. We will discuss the XFL. This is the XFL, right? All right, so Vince McMahon announced last week he's starting up a new football league. UConn men's basketball is under NCAA investigation. Uh, We don't know a whole lot about this. We don't keep up with too much college basketball, but I do know that that could end up helping out UConn, and we'll discuss that when we get to it. Michigan State, they have two head coaches that are completely under fire right now. Uh, Apparently, there is some... The entire athletic department under fire. Yes, the whole thing, but there are two biggins, and we'll we'll talk about that. We'll get into why they are under fire here in a little bit. And we're going to talk about the Senior Bowl and the NFL Draft and all those wonderful things that are coming up in the next few months. First off, though, i got to talk to you about something. Okay. Okay. So... We've done this several times, and I don't know anybody that lives in the South understands Kroger, right? So in in Alabama, it's Publix or Winn Dixie or whatever. Here in Memphis and in uh, in Kentucky and wherever else, Mississippi, whatever else, there's Kroger, and Kroger is doing the same thing that 
Walmart has started to do, which is online grocery ordering. And you can go in to the website, whatever, Kroger.com, and put your entire list together. The whole thing. And when you get done, you click a little button, you tell them, you know, I want it today or I want it, you know, tomorrow or whatever. And it's it's nice because you don't go through and you're not picking up crap like you're hungry when you go to the grocery store and you end up spending ninety dollars, you know? I, I get in trouble Been with there. that a lot. Yeah. So my wife has started to do this. And we have done it the last four weeks. Three times in the last four weeks. They have not only changed the time of when we can pick it up from what they told us initially, they have changed it to the next day, which completely throws us off. And then like for dinner that night, or because we'll get up in the morning and do it like at 7, 8 o'clock in the morning. And we're thinking, all right, this way we can just run by. They'll drop off the groceries to us, whatever. How is it so difficult to get like $50 worth of groceries together from 8 a.m., until like 5 p.m. How is that hard? It's not. It's not very complicated at all. Do you have experience with this? My, my wife has used ClickList several times in our life. And so you're talking about a four-week period, and they've screwed it up three times. I would assure you we're betting a 1,000. That has never worked. <laughs> not one well, time. And that doesn't even go into all the stuff that, that goes yeah. wrong with the now, ordering. We have, we have zero problems with... We can't get you your stuff on time. Every time she tells them when she wants to be there, to my knowledge, she's never complained about not being able to get her stuff at the right time. Could be an issue. She just doesn't complain about it. A hundred percent of the time, if we get milk, it will expire the next day. If we have any produce whatsoever, it will go bad within two to three days. We got to blow this whole thing up. They got stuff sitting in the back. They're just waiting for these jamokes on click list to go in and buy so they can sell it. But it's not good enough to put up front or else they get in trouble and nobody shop at their store. And nobody buy it. Yeah. And and so, so they sell it to these lazy people. My family, your family, we're trying to make life a little <laughs> more convenient for ourselves. And and I get it, you know, you don't want to go in the grocery store with kids. That's the worst. Well, thing and, in the and world. on top of that, so my We're wife is pregnant. Busy. Yeah, my wife's pregnant. She doesn't want to be around a bunch of people because there's a flu epidemic going around. Oh, yeah. They yeah. don't want to have to deal that's, with this. And that's legit. But going to the grocery store today is just a huge pain in the butt. So anyway. so you're talking about the produce and the milk and whatnot expiring soon and whatnot. What about all the times that they just uh they decide, Oh, okay, well, you wanted this. Yes. And we get something totally different. Yeah. So it's like, like I, so so yeah. for you it's like seasonings. See, yeah. For I, us it's like all right, well you wanted this brand of cheese, well we're going to give you the Kroger brand but we're going to give it to you for free or yeah. we're going to give it to you for like $2 off or whatever. Yeah. It's like well I wanted so I've the never regular. Yeah. And then you go in the store because you have to go get something because it's always a day after they tell you it's going to be so you got to go get something and you see it and it's there. Yeah, they had it. They, they had, had it the it. whole time. They just chose not to do it. Oh, it's so frustrating. Yeah, it it, it really is a just a deadening on society. It, it's an absolute mess. They need to take this crap out. Don't even make it an option anymore. Or if you're going to make it an option, do not give us the option to pick it up on the same day. Don't do it. Like, because then all that does this, is frustrate me even more because... This, this is not that hard, Gary. This is not that hard. <laughs> like, oh, you need this? You need these seven things? All right. Billy, 
Go get those seven things. Here's a list. Literally. Be back in 15 minutes. If I can walk through the grocery it store. It is somebody's job and I to can, go shopping. Yeah. I can, at a place they work every day. And if you walked up to them and asked them, where's the cream cheese? They're going to be able to tell you in two seconds where it is. That's, that's so they the biggest know problem. where the hell it is. I, I cannot stand it. I It bothers me so much. And it shouldn't bother me that much. Right? Because it's it's convenient to go and pick it up. It's just... There are a few things here and there that drive me absolutely insane, and this is one of them. People not being able to do just simple no, tasks. Just do your job. Just basic jobs. Like it's not. That's yeah. I have lived my life by that mantra. We we all hate Bill Belichick, but we wish he ran the world because all everybody who ever worked <laughs> for him just does their damn job. No, everybody knows what their role is, and that's it. Like if if Kroger has got this thing set up to where. Like this is somebody's only job, then we got a problem. If it's if it's one thing that they do out of a thousand, then it's a whole nother problem. But yeah, but it's still not that hard. It's really not that hard. It's it, really not that hard. Like set aside somebody for an hour or two out of an eight hour shift, and let them go pick up groceries. Yeah. Like my God, you got fifty people working in there. Yeah. This come this, on. This is not that hard. And Within if, an hour of you making your order, I should be able to fulfill your order, and you could be here to pick it up. I am curious. We always do it on the weekend. Yeah. I am curious if it would be easier on a weekday. Man, I don't know. Because I wouldn't figure there's a, like that many people going shopping on like Mondays and Tuesdays. I can't. I can't speak intelligently to that. <laughs> I, I go shopping, sure. but I go shopping at like nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. That's probably the smart way to do this. So we finish this podcast up, and I go to go to podcast. There you go. I go to grocery store. Let's talk about the XFL. Oh God, Vince McMahon <laughs> just pissing away money. So for anybody that has not seen the uh, this was the XFL pod or not podcast uh, at thirty for thirty, right? So the uh, the very well done, incredibly uh, written, filmed everything. Interviews were fantastic. They had Jerry Jones on this thing. They had, you know, Vince McMahon. They had uh, uh, Dick Ebersold. Like, all these people that were involved with it the first go-round. So, back then, obviously, there was a lot of excitement about it to begin with, right? You always knew that the level of play would be less than what the NFL is. And their advertisements and whatnot, look, right off the bat, they had... 54 million people watching the first night on a Saturday night in February. It was like right after the Super Bowl. They started their season right after the NFL. But, man, like the level of play was terrible. Absolutely terrible. And and they go through, and, and you'll see in this thing, like one of the biggest things was in the second game, they actually had a fun, exciting, you know, whatever game that was in Los Angeles. Somebody forgot to put gasoline in the generators, and they lost all of their video feed from the game. So they had to like stop the game, and then they were running up against Saturday Night Live, and like all the—I mean, it was just an absolute mess. And they lost like half of their viewers from week one to week two, and then eventually, like a few weeks later, they had like the lowest ratings for a Saturday night in history on network television. <laughs> It was like the lo- nobody wanted to watch anymore. And a lot of that had to do with the level of play. It had to do with what was what people felt like they were promised. 
and what they ended up receiving because you know it was the no holds barred league and it was all the, it, you were expecting violence and what, but you it was just it was football right did you watch the XFL back I, in the day? I watched a little bit. I didn't go to a game. We I had, went to a Memphis Maniac. Yeah, game. I didn't go. I had an opportunity to go to a couple. Chose not to. I, we were we were pretty young, but I I I did watch it on TV. But I was a huge wrestling fan back then. I mean, I I was fat kid growing up. Oh, in dude, Memphis. you and I used to get together hey, and watch like yeah. WrestleMania stuff yeah. all the time. It was great. Like so, I remember that. Um, but this like. This was not supposed to be anything to do with wrestling or whatever. Like they, they no. said it would not be involved. And yet, when they get out on that first night, it's, you know, this is the XFL. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, what are we doing here? But that's and then the, the only next way time, he knows like, how to promote it. Yeah. And then it's The Rock the next week. And it's, you know, right. Do you smell what The Rock is cooking or the XFL yeah. is cooking? You know, all that kind of crap. Yeah. So. So this go around this past week, I don't remember if it was Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever it was. I think it was probably Tuesday. Vince McMahon comes out. He announces, separate from the WWE, he has taken like a hundred million dollars in shares and show, uh, sold them and started Alpha Entertainment, and he is starting back up the XFL. And you kind of knew that this was coming if you watched the Thirty for Thirty because at the end of it, he talks about like I'd really like to get this thing started again. I'd like to. You know, I know what we messed up on the first time. I'd like to go back and try it again. Now, the first problem that I've got, right off the bat, the only big thing that I've got a problem with is he said that this will not be a developmental league for the NFL. You cannot do that. You are not going to be... He He's putting $100 million into this thing. The NFL is worth billions like billions and billions and billions. I, I think okay, you're not going to be able to compete salary wise. But he's not trying to compete with them. Just because you're not competing with them doesn't mean you're a development league for them. Japanese baseball is huge, right? Baseball in Japan is amazing. I don't think that is a development league for Major League Baseball. No, but the biggest stars over there always end up coming to the NFL. But you're talking about or not the NFL, the, uh, the Major, Major League Baseball, Baseball MLB. But you're talking about one or two every two or three years. Not right. even one a year. So you don't think that maybe one or two of these guys in the XFL every three years might crack the NFL for a roster? Surely they will. Yeah, absolutely. So so he's trying to say we're not going after talent that's we're going after guys that probably know they can't make the NFL. Yeah. So it's not going to be developed. And there is a but- ton of college players that aren't going to make the NFL. Well, and, and this year alone, they have set a record for underclassmen for the NFL draft, right? It's 106 guys that are juniors that are coming out, and the majority of them do not have their college degree. Nope. Right? So when they come out, if they don't get drafted, if they don't make a practice squad, they got nothing to fall back on. Not a thing. And we don't know what the XFL is going to pay people. Is it better to be in the XFL than on an NFL practice squad? And that's, I mean, that's entirely possible. No, so we're not going to know any com- of this until yes. 2020. But, but while they're not, I mean, I think you can not compete with another league and still not be their, you know, soundboard or jumping off stage to get talent. Well, the new Titans coach, Mike Vrabel, came out and said that we've got the best developmental league in the country well, yeah, it's college in college football. football. It's free. It doesn't cost the owners anything. Exactly. And it's it's perfect, right? So with the XFL, it's a little bit different 
because it, it, and they haven't announced like what they're going to do as far as um, as far as like allowing sophomores to come into the league or you know they may allow like junior college kids to come in the league or whatever that way junior college kids don't have to try and you know get eligible to yeah. go to college because a lot of them it just never happens that's right and they're really good players but some of them cannot get academically eligible and something like this when we had uh, Dr. Ridpath on something like this helps that right and it, while he wants everybody to be able to get into college and all that for some of them it's just not possible well and college isn't for them like college right. isn't going to do a damn thing for some of these kids you're entirely right Entirely right. So the deal here, SB Nation has a good article up about it. Um, and they talk about what went wrong and where the team's going to be located and all that. Now, obviously, the first go-round, they announced and got everything done within, what was it? A year. Oh, it yeah, was it a was year. quick. It turned around real fast. So they got teams and sites, like contracts and whatnot for the, uh, for the teams. Mm-hmm. They got... Uh, you know, players in the now training camp and whatnot. They started in February. They never even saw the players until after Christmas. They had a month to get ready on these teams. That just blew my mind looking back at this. They were so ill prepared for this. And this go round, they've got two years, so they they ought to be able to figure out all right what what locations make the most sense. Back then, it was Las Vegas. It was in in Vegas made sense because there was no professional franchise there Correct. at the time, Correct. right? And they were really excited about it. Vegas did really well attendance wise. Memphis did really well attendance wise, but that was before Memphis had the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. That was before um, before Vegas had uh, had the Golden Knights and uh, and the now Raiders. the Raiders. Yeah, um, there's there was a lot going on then. Birmingham had a let, team. Let you me, know, let, let's let me turn the corner here for a minute. Let's transition a little bit. Okay. Do you think there's a market for this? I think there is always a market for football. I actually I think, think it depends at, on. See, I think this is where we might disagree a little bit. I think there is more a market for wrestling fans getting more stuff to support Vince McMahon because they love the guy and what he's brought to their life in in a product that he's given them. And I think there's less a market for more football now. I, I agree a little bit, right? Now, the deal is, the NFL, even though viewership is declining, and that's one of the things that he talked about. All players will be required to stand for the anthem. So, he, he's he's, he's going after for, a target. Yes. He, he's got a target audience in mind. He claims that he will not allow anybody on a team that has a criminal background. We need to define that. Exactly. And, and he did not define that the other day, but, you know, so Johnny Manziel. Like, have you ever been arrested? Have you ever been convicted? Have you like what, served what's your the deal? Con- like yeah, like because anybody can be accused of anything and arrested, and then you know, it and their career them, in the yeah. XFL would be over. Yeah, it, it, even if it was completely false and, and made up. So it's just one of those things where he's making a lot of statements right now, which is what Vince McMahon's really good at. I'm just curious to see are there enough people that are going to support this? Yeah, because by by saying. We're going to make people stand for the end, and we're going to force people to do this, and we're going to force people to do that. You're you're immediately drawing a line in the sand, saying there's 50% of the country I'm not wanting as my customer. 
Yeah, and that's a little a little iffy. Now, if they are going in and deciding, all right, we don't care about making big money because the thing that messed up the first go round is they did fifty four million people the first time. Yep. Like if it was if it was just going to be small. Now the issue then was NBC had lost the NFL at that point, so they were looking to compete with the NFL. Correct. You were never going to be able to compete with the NFL. That's right. Like it's just it's too traditional. My There's next too much question was going to be. It, what TV stations are going to pick this up? Now, that I don't know. Like, FX1. Well, I'm curious if this is where we start to see Facebook, Twitter, Amazon, whatever, because they can get a they can get a smaller deal, yeah. right? So you, you've got the internet streaming stuff, because the WWE has a really good uh, app, yes. right? You can watch every, like, Monday Night Raw... Uh, all of the big pay-per-view events, all that, you, you pay 10 go, bucks a month. Yeah, you can go back and watch pay-per-view events from ever from, from yeah. the very beginning. So you can yeah. watch all this stuff, and it's great. And that's that's awesome. The deal is, is he going to be able to put together something like, if he did an app and just sold it direct to fans, mm-hmm. I don't know that it would be successful right off the bat. Yeah, like you have to have some kind of a distribution deal, yeah. and I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, the good thing about this is the NFL is very scared to innovate. They always have been because the stakes are basically too high, right? Correct. So with the stakes being so high, you don't want to change up too much. But if you look back, the NFL always stole some of their good ideas from other leagues. So like the Skycam that's come out now, that was all from the XFL. The two-point conversion. Was from what the USFL or, yeah, or whatever of that it was. Nature, yeah. Um, it, it's always something, and like the big, uh, all the mics on the field on the players and whatnot, where you hear, uh, where you used to hear Peyton Manning do the Omaha stuff. Yeah. That was an XFL idea. Like all of that stuff came from that, and a lot of that they got from like Madden video games and whatnot. So a lot of that stuff has has started because of the XFL. It's the same thing now. And I don't know what the ideas will be, but back then it was like no fair catch. Well, that was just a stupid idea. Yeah. Like it's just impossible. They uh they had this idea where they wouldn't do a coin toss. They would do uh where two players from each like one player ran from each team would run after the ball. Well then in one of the first games they've got a guy that dislocates his shoulder and he's out for the year. Yeah. You know, so like you can't do that kind of stuff, but but they will find something. Like Vince McMahon has always been innovative in figuring out ways to broadcast entertainment. And that's what this is. It's inter- football is entertainment. Sure. It is a game. And he's going to find a way to make it at least somewhat interesting. Now the fact that this it, this whole thing doesn't start until 2020, like I'm a little bit excited about it because I would almost guarantee you that Memphis will get a team. He's look. He's a wrestling guy. He is. Memphis is the the home of wrestling. Correct. Always has been. It, it, they will find a reason to put a, a football team here. I would like that. I feel like so many cities have been swindled, hoodwinked by NFL owners to yes. build stadiums. That those cities are going to let the XFL come in for almost nothing. Just to get use of the stadium, so San Diego for sure, and, and St. so Louis. I think I think those are the types of places that are going to get the teams, and I don't think there's going to be a lot of teams. 
No, no, it's only eight teams. Okay, so they've already eight said teams, just like it was the first time. Yeah, so, so eight teams. So you're and, only talking about eight cities here. Yeah. Okay. I think those cities are going to be strategically positioned to cities that are going to charge very little for the venue. Oh if, yes, if nothing, because they just need the venue to be used. Well, so in in the time of year will make a big part of this, right? Yeah. So like they do it from February through April or whatever. Like those venues are never being used. That's right. Not at all. Never being used. Well, so, none of them are being used. But right now, the Tiger football and Liberty Bowl has gotten so good the last couple of years. Like Tiger Stadium's Liberty Bowl is getting used, and and yeah, but then it's not being used I, from. But nobody's stadium is being used at that time. Agreed. But we're not hurting for money the way some of these people are with an, just an empty stadium sitting there, never getting used. Agreed. San Diego being the, being one of them, like. Like that stadium hasn't been used since the Chargers left. Well, no, San Diego State. Uh, so they, they, I think they Are did they like two or there? three. I think they did some games there. Like they that's did, not uh, enough, like and then there's a bowl game. There, but that's right? a, yeah, obviously there's a bowl game. But like that's not enough to to make anybody satisfied. I think I you might be. You might be right. So you know how that. Amazon is like auctioning off like their Amazon HQ two. Yeah, which it looks like Atlanta is going to be. Uh, I wonder if the XFL is going to end up getting some kind of deal like that by just City saying we we need this financially. I could see that, and we think our clientele, our residents, would support it. So now, who, I actually who don't we... think San Diego would support it. I do not think San Diego. I think would San Diego be. would send some people out there, and I think I think Oakland Cost would be them. all over it. You, you, if I was the XFL, I would be looking at lower cost of living places because then I don't have to pay players so much to survive. And so at that point you've got what Memphis and Birmingham, like they had the first oh, yeah. go round. Yeah. And but, there's tons of places that are low cost of living. You, that you're not going to be in California. Well, right, so you don't think any big cities last time they had like San Francisco, New York, uh, Orlando, Orlando was a big one because that stadium never gets used. Well, yeah, Orlando would probably be fine. Orlando, would get used. Orlando would still be good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they had Chicago, New York, like all this stuff. If and it was me and I was trying to run it and I knew I failed the first time, I look at where my fans are that aren't getting professional football. Yeah. Okay, so that's a lot of in the South. We have very few pro teams in the South. We pretty much have Texas, and then you've got the Saints and the Falcons for your true Southern well, states. Titans, te- uh, Tennessee, Titans, Tennessee, Texans, Falcons, Titans. Saints. Yeah, like you, but you don't it. have every state having one. So at that point, you've got Memphis and Birmingham. We're gonna guess San Diego. We're gonna guess what? Maybe Oakland. Maybe. Maybe Oakland. Uh, just because the Raiders Stadium probably, like, it'll just be sitting there. There won't be anything going on. There's no college teams that'll be using that. Um, and after that, I mean, it's just kind of up in the air. Yeah. Right. St. Louis, maybe. Like, I would the high cost St. of Louis living there is is not as high as it is in some major cities, but they don't have a football team now. Yeah. And that dome is just sitting there. Yep, that's what I was going to say. Like that's a prime example of a city that if you had to pick between Memphis and and St. Louis, I would bet St. Louis would give them perks that Memphis would not. I agree. I agree with that. All right, so let's. uh, All right, now question. Right now, we're two years out from this happening. Over under on the on the length of this thing going being, I'm going to give it. Three years. Three years would be three times longer than the last time. Uh, 
I'll go longer than that. I'd, I'd say this would probably go five this go round. I'll take the. I, I think the XFL number of years. You're saying three. I'll say five, and and even then it may go even longer than that. I think that he will go into this knowing what he has to be able to do before, like because last time it was just a ratings tank, right? I'm just curious it was about the people that are going to support it. I think that number is small. Here's here's the and, other and side. At of this. some point in time, a small group of people can't support everything wholly by themselves. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, the other side of this is the last time that this thing happened, NBC was a 50-50 partner with it. The ratings were so bad on NBC that... At now, nowadays, there are 4 billion channels, right? There's Correct. online streaming. There's The numbers don't really matter. Like, if you've got just a small enough number of people that are interested in it, then you're going to keep it on, right? That's why you've still got, like, the lingerie football league. you still got, like the arena football league and whatever else. And like teams may close up shop and whatnot, depending on what they do. But NBC was a 50, 50 partner the last time. And the ratings were so bad that they could not broadcast it. And NBC wasn't going to sell it off to a smaller, to a smaller group. Now, now NBC has got the NBC sports network. Yeah. So you've got CBS sports network. Like all of these places are looking for content. I would almost guarantee you FS1 will get in on this. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, USA, uh, who does Monday Night Raw that's and all right. that kind of... They will probably jump on this. Nothing, well, there's a network that owns USA. Is that NBC? I don't think so. I don't think that's it's right. CBS? It's one of the big networks. They're not independently owned. They're not privately owned. We can double check that. It's, it's either Time Warner or... Um, CBS or NBC, I don't think it's an ABC station. Is it a Turner station? I don't know. I'm not certain. Now we got bad radio. Now we're Googling. Uh, this happens. This happens from time to time. Yeah, like twice a week. Let's see. That's what it. network owns you? It is NBC, NBC Universal. And I wonder if that's why he was able to get the deal he got because he already had the relationship with NBC. He was already pretty good buddies with, uh, with Dick. Well, that's what I'm saying. He already yeah. had the relationship. Yeah, that's that's You've entirely... been doing business with him for decades. Now you you've definitely got that right. All right, let's jump off the XFL. We talked about that for forever. Uh, let's talk about UConn's uh, men's basketball team being under NCAA investigation. Uh huh. <laughs> this will be a quick one. Now, could the NCAA actually save these guys? Like we we talked a yeah. couple of weeks ago, right? Because is UConn looking for an excuse to get rid of Kevin Ollie? The way that Ollie's contract is set up, he can be fired for cause, and they don't have to pay a dime Correct. if the school is under, like, uh, under NCAA sanctions, if they're found guilty of NCAA problems. The problem with that goes back to the same Ole Miss thing that we went back through, which is if the NCAA takes six months to a year and a half to actually bring charges and have this whole thing unfold – then they've got to wait all that time, and now they're in another recruiting class or in another bad year and all this other stuff. And it starts to kind of pile Is up. Is it on. worth – you're a UConn. you got money. You've got alumni that can take this thing. These contracts aren't that damn big. But this is the other you side of it. You just fire the guy. You pay it. The, well, but, no, the contract was like five years and like $17.5 million. It's, it's crazy money. Yeah, but money. that was – how long ago was that? That was like three years ago. No, no, no. He, he just re-upped like two years ago. 
Really? Yeah, because they, they just made it to another NCAA tournament two years ago. Yeah, but they weren't very good in it. He's, like they, he's only, they went out pretty quick. Well, yeah, but he's only in his fifth year. He won an NCAA tournament. Like, he won the, yeah, championship, won the championship in year two. And that's when I thought he got the big deal. That's He got a big deal at that point, but then they came back. They didn't make it the next year. They did make it the, uh, his fourth year. Last year was his fifth. This is his sixth year. He got another big deal. Okay. I After didn't know that second. I knew when he won it, he got a big deal. And I was thinking, if he's still working off that deal, who cares? There can't be but one or nah, two they, years left on that. They re-upped him because he's after he made it to the out. after he made it to the NCAA tournament again, uh, there was all this talk about him possibly going to the NBA and other schools that wanted to hire him, et cetera, et cetera. Well, last year, and obviously injuries and uh, and recruits not being able to get eligible and whatnot, um, all of that mess played into. Um, them not being a like them not being very good last year. They were sixteen Correct. and seventeen. They are eleven and nine this year, and got blasted by twenty something points at Memphis. And that's not something that that looks good anywhere. Now they did no. just beat SMU, who is one of the top teams in the AAC. But like a big win here and there, and you're still losing the teams that you shouldn't be losing to. That's a problem. So I. I look at it this way. It's about time for him to go, but but the other side is, how good is that job? Like, is UConn actually a, a great job? Like, who's well, going to go to Stores, Connecticut? Well, nobody's going to go if they don't know what they're getting into either. Well, so it, if they're in the middle, yes. if they are in the middle of an investigation, investigations are never a good idea. So, is this good for UConn? No, investigations are always bad. They're always you dig long enough, you're going to find something. You, okay. uh, it you doesn't got matter right. where you're digging. It doesn't matter the purpose that you're digging. You're going to find something. So uh, I'm always against inv- investigations if, uh, if, if I'm the one being investigated. Uh, I need to know more about the investigation before I say is this good or not. This is going to be. It all like has a, to do with the recruiting. Well, obviously, but if it's not a big deal and this is going to be a slap on the wrist and we're going to you know, maybe pay a fine or vacate some wins or whatever, then, yeah, use it as an excuse and you fire the guy. If it's a big deal, then you got to be careful. Because then who's going to come take the job? Now, you, you're entirely right about that. Entirely right. All right, we're going to take a, uh, a short break right quick. When we come back to Winning Cures Everything, we're going to talk about Michigan State being under fire and the two head coaches and, and what exactly they're being accused of. And we're going to break down the Senior Bowl and look at some of the uh, the NFL Combine stuff and all that. So we'll be back on Winning Cures Everything. Any time of year is a good time for Winning Cures Everything shirts and apparel. we got logo designs in all sizes and in every SEC school's colors. Take a look at the different options on the website. Go to Winning Cures Everything and click on the Store tab and access the official Winning Cures Everything store. This is Gary, host of Winning Cures Everything. If you're looking for affordable custom web design, business cards, brochures, and more, check out Kyle Seegers Designs at kyleseegers.com. Kyle offers full website design, monthly site maintenance, and content management system training. Remember, for all your web design needs, check out kyleseegers.com. That's K-Y-L-E-S-E-G-A-R-S.com. You want it the best online sports book? That's easy. It's mybookie.ag. They've got the easiest website layout, the best odds, amazing customer service, and payouts in only two business days. Check out mybookie.ag for yourself 
And then when you sign up, use promo code WCE50 for 50% deposit bonus. That's mybookie.ag, promo code WCE50. Gary here. Thanks for listening to the show, and we appreciate your support with the podcast and the website. Here's how to keep up with Winning Cures Everything. Of course, you can see everything at winningcureseverything.com. On Twitter, we're at Winning Cures, or you can catch up with Chris at Chris B. Giannini, or myself at Gary WCE. You can subscribe to and review the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or any other podcast distributor. We're also at Facebook.com slash Winning Cures Everything, or you can email us at Winning Cures Everything at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at 551-226-9899. Again, Email us at winningcureseverything at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 551-226-9899. All right, we are back. Winning Cures Everything. Podcast, all that good stuff. Facebook Live, Periscope, etc. If you're watching, share this bad boy out. Help us out. Uh, share it with all your friends. Tell everybody about it. And make sure you go and subscribe to the podcast. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Google Play, all your favorite podcast apps. We are on there. Share it. Review it. We need your help. Next up, let's talk about Michigan State. There were reports that came out on, what, Thursday, Friday? It was Friday late Friday afternoon, that Michigan State might end up firing Tom Izzo and uh, uh, Mark D'Antonio. Now, on top of that, there was another report that came out that said that the NCAA president was alerted to 37 uh, cases of sexual assault at Michigan State in 2010 alone. And nobody ever did anything about it. Now, on one side, I look at this and... The Michigan State president and the AD both resigned, right? And my problem with that was they're not going to be able to do their own investigation. They count on other people to handle this stuff. They get the information. The information came back. It was a Title IX investigation. All of that came back and cleared Nasser, cleared all this other stuff. One thing that was brought up on the Gary Paris show... Uh, Friday afternoon, Dan Wilkin brought it up. He said, look, if I've got millions and millions of dollars in a contract writing on this, I don't handle punishments anymore. We're going to bring in somebody else. They will sit and they will decide what the appropriate punishment is, and that way it is out of my hands. Correct. I don't care if it is a star player or not. At this point, it is it is way too damaging Yes. To to allow a coach to handle his own punishment where bias gets involved. Exactly. So the deal here, the need to maintain competitiveness is, is just too big. Yes, it absolutely is. And if you've got somebody telling you, Hey, we can't play this guy right now. And it doesn't matter wins or losses or whatever. Then it is what you got to listen to them. Yeah. You got to listen to them. And that way you don't fight or anything. It's not, you know, it's not on the coach. Nobody can go and attack the coach. Like, well, why didn't you? So one of the big things with Tom Izzo, right? One of the big things with him was there was an assistant coach that was uh, accused, and there were witnesses and all this that claimed that this was true, um, 
and the girl did have an injury. But he was at a bar talking. He was trying to hit on this girl. She started talking trash to him, told him to, you know, get out of her face, leave her alone, all this kind of mess. And he reached across and punched this woman. And it was during the Final Four run back in 2000, uh, whatever it was, 9, 10, when 11, whatever. When they lost whatever. to uh, North Carolina? When they lost to Butler. Butler, okay. So all that stuff goes on, and the guy gets to stay with the team while the investigation is ongoing. They don't sit him. He goes to the Final Four. And this is a coach, not a player. This is an assistant coach. Okay. I think it's a grad assistant. He was a former player. Well, after, the year after that, the the assistant coach and two players get accused of rape. And the coach just disappears. He goes over to Europe somewhere and plays for some professional league. The school administration, I don't know if it was the AD or the president or whoever it was, told the family that that coach had been fired. That was not the case. They didn't fire him. He got a contract elsewhere. So, more than likely, and these are all assumptions, he probably still would have been on staff. The two players didn't really get in trouble. Like, it, it was just, it was off season. It was whatever. Nothing really happened to him. On the football side, one of the biggest damning things for D'Antonio is that he had a player that was accused of rape back whenever it was, back in 2010, I think. And this is just one of many. There have been 16 cases of sexual assault at Michigan State in the past, what, seven, eight years? Yeah. Just bananas to think about. Um, And and how we didn't realize this, I will never know because all the Baylor stuff going on, how did we not jump on this? Uh, But anyway, D'Antonio had a player accused of rape. The school informed the person that was making the allegations that... Coach D'Antonio handled the the punishment, and his punishment was that he had to tell his mother. That's it. Yeah, that's when we can't let coaches make decisions about these things anymore. And I get that, like, for a lot of these guys, telling your mama something that you did bad is like, nobody wants to be the one to have to tell their mama, hey, I got in trouble for this. I know better. I'm sorry. You know? Like, what are you going to do? Like... You have to come up with better punishment than that. And all this stuff is coming out. And, and Tom Izzo, look, his press conference today, so after he gets done with a win over Maryland today, they won 74-68, to 68, he has to come out and do a press conference, like post-game, like normal, whatever. And he's talking about the game and blah, blah, blah. And, and ESPN sent an outside-the-lines reporter. And she is blasting him. Just giving him all... And these are great questions. But nothing... He cannot answer anything. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on this? What is... What's the... D'Antonio had a press conference as well. And he came out and denied everything. Everything. Well, he... No, he came out... Because I, I remember his... You and I texted about this the other night. He made it abundantly clear. He, he didn't deny that nothing has ever happened. His denial was... It wasn't a denial. He admitted that things have happened... His stance was, I have reported 100% of everything that had been reported to me that I found out about to higher-ups, which is my job, and when given the opportunity to discipline myself, taking discipline myself. Whether you agree with that discipline or not, okay, I'm not a fan of that. I don't like it. 
I, I, I strongly disagree with it. But at the same time, at least he notified everyone that needed to be notified about it. If they chose to do nothing on top of what he did, then at some point in time, it's got to be somebody else's problem too. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. Correct. I, I agree with you. Um, Part of me believes... Now, I'm not defending these guys. No, not, not at all. I'm just stating that if 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 he reported it to his higher ups, here's the problem. What else? What else should he have done? They could have done everything that they were like. They they really may have done everything that they feel like they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And this thing is still so dirty and still so volatile that they may still lose their jobs. Yes, I agree. It with is that. completely possible. I think that that's probably not possible. I think it's probably going to happen. It's it's the same. So the deal with the president at Michigan State, it's exactly what I told you. They did an investigation. She hired people, not hired, but they, there were people on staff. There are 12,000 employees at Michigan State. It's How? almost impossible for her to go through and do her own investigation of this. No, no, no. That's, but you have you hire somebody else to do it. You hire an outside employee. You hire an outside company to do this. And yeah, the reason and I say you do this, what the hell investigation did you do where this guy who did these things to over a hundred girls was found completely innocent in your investigation? Yeah, it's I agree with you. And this is why there are people sniping and biting and saying, Oh, well, it's lack of institutional control. The NCAA should get involved and well they got involved in, in Penn State and yada yada yada. I don't want the NCAA investigating anything that is serious, that is real. You want to investigate a bullcrap game? That's fine. What, this, Be my this guest. This is criminal stuff. This, yes, I, I don't I believe that. I want the, true not, criminal investigators that do this for a living. The NCAA could. I'm not going to make that joke because it's terrible. But they're just they couldn't be more useless. It's agreed. not possible for them to be more useless. So they are not the ones that need to be investigating this. Well, and it's not just NCA, but the schools themselves. That's right. Title IX investigations are an absolute joke. joke. They're a joke. And these are criminal matters, not Title IX matters. We need real, true criminal investigators doing these investigations from an outside source. Now, that is that is the school president's job to see to it that somebody capable and competent that has the skills and the resources to do the investigation are handling them. And when you hear of something like this, there is always something else that can be done because saying we did an investigation on Nasser and then this week Nasser gets sentenced to multiple lives in prison for doing what he did to over a hundred victims while on campus. You can't tell me your investigation showed no red flags. He is completely cleared of all accusations. That's not possible. Agreed. I mean, it is if you do a bullshit investigation. Izzo's big thing today, and he kept saying it over and over, he said, I have always and will always cooperate with investigations. There's an investigation ongoing right now. I will cooperate. I have done what I'm supposed to do. Like, I am never trying to hide anything. I'm never trying to... Now, the bad thing is the school, it has been found that the school actually redacted a lot of names and all this. So, you know, it's... You are, in a way, trying to hide stuff. But he's not. He can't control but he's not. what the school lawyers decide that's in the best interest of the school to do. Right. 
Now, and the reason, and here's the thing, this is where we're getting into a touchy subject of society that I hate and I don't like. I, I don't like that these things have happened and these individuals have gotten away with them. The people doing bad should have been punished years ago and should not have been allowed to play a game or to profit from the game or be allowed to function in normal society. You go to jail. Those are sexual assaults. You go to prison. You get on some type of list Yeah. say you... You're, you're this type of person and that's with you for the rest of your life but those that, that are given super great details and, 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 and I'm sure everything that was ever told to most of these coaches if I had to guess is the least inconspicuous thing about it so they have the least amount of details as this girl saying this about Rodney over here what should we do right oh did you do it no you didn't do it alright we need to go we need to do this we need to do that and, and they're making decisions on bad information. That's the first problem. Second thing I got an issue with is if I'm him, these press conferences look bad because there's no doubt that he's gotten an attorney because he should have an attorney based on what's going on. And that attorney saying, you don't answer any of these questions. Like, you do give not them, say a word. You give them nothing because they're going to come after you. They're going to twist everything you say and everything you do, and they're going to make it a fight, and they're going to make you the bad guy. And at the end of the day, that's going to make him look worse than he really is. Agreed. And we live in this world where there's a Twitter mob, and that is the one thing that disgusts me, not as much as the violent acts, but just as... I mean, it's it's up there in, in the world. I honestly believe that Twitter could be the downfall of human civilization in my lifetime. It entirely could be. I, I, I think if, if this, not Twitter, Facebook yes. as well. Facebook, I, I, it's it's social, social media. media. Yeah. I think this outpourage of rage that from strangers that have nothing to do with you that know six seconds of information that they read on a tweet that's 180 characters, they think they're informed enough to judge someone's ability to live in society the rest of their life or not. That's yeah. the world we live in. That is extremely dangerous and it's not something I enjoy. I'm on Twitter and I didn't get on it until we got the podcast. I am minimally active on Twitter mainly because I really hate it and I hate its power. Facebook, I'm not so worried about. I control who gets to be my friend and who doesn't. I control who gets to be in my window. There are good things about social media, right? Like We wouldn't be able to do this podcast. We wouldn't be able to do what we're doing without social media. Correct. However, there are really dangerous aspects, like you just pointed out. There are things that, that you cannot control on there, and there are things that draw people in that it, we would have never had this stuff happen before this. like I, We had the most insane presidential election ever. Would have never happened without and I, social I media. I believe because of Twitter and Facebook. And, and I'm, I'm talking about both, both, both major parties. Yes, Trump and Clinton... Neither one was was really the best choice for their party. And yet, here we sit. Correct. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Trump. Trump has done a fine job as far as you know money and, and all that stuff. But there are more people fired up and angry nowadays than there have ever been before. Correct. Like, there are, the, the 538 poll right now has Trump's uh, uh, the, his disapproval level at like 
There's only 44% of people that, that think that he is doing a good job. And and that's with the economy being unbelievable. This is the best the economy's been in... Decades. I mean, really. So, yeah. It's unbelievable. But that's that's the thing. Like, what happens when the money goes bad? Then things go really crazy. Really bad. Because it, it can't stay this good forever. But, man, it's nice right now. Well, yeah. It's nice right now. Let's uh, Let's move on from that. Let's uh let's jump into Let's get ready to rumble. The Reese's Senior Bowl. It's time to get ready for the NFL draft. We still got the Super Bowl next week. I got that. And we're going to talk all about Nick Foles and everything else next week on Monday or uh, Wednesday. But for now, your brownies, man. Look, they they were doing some scouting this weekend. Got the number one and the number four pick. Tell me who you would take with the number one pick. All right. I'm going to preface this by saying I still have a dog in this hunt. I'm still alive, and I'm focusing on the Super Bowl. I watched zero Senior Bowl stuff. I have read um, media outlets give updates about the workouts. I've watched a few videos. And, uh, and that's, that's the level of information that I have, but I'm still in the season is going and my pats are playing for it all. So with that being said, however, family wise, you, know, you, still, you married into a Browns still, family. No, I still love the Browns. Still love the Browns. Yeah. I'll focus on that later. Based on the limited information I have, mainly I'm getting from what I watched them play in college football. Yes. If I've got... Which is really what you should be focusing on anyway. Yes, because I care less about most of the stuff. Right. If I had to pick one of... Because we're talking about the Browns, and we're talking about the quarterback that can change our destiny. If I had to pick, I'm picking Josh Allen. And tell me why. All right. I watched less of him than the other three. I think Rosen turns the ball over way too much. You know how I feel about that. I think if you do it in college, you're going to continue to do it in the pros. Statistics have shown that guys that turn the ball over in college turn the ball over in the pros. Now that's that's not necessarily – all right, so we don't know too much about Jared Goff, but he was one of those guys, right? He turned the ball over when he was at Cal, but he did play in one of those crazy air raid, Sonny Dykes offenses – Josh Rosen, he didn't play in one of those. He no, plays he, in a pro pro style offense. Pro style offense that still threw the ball like sixty times a game. Well, everybody threw it was the crazy. ball in college. It, some more than others. UCLA threw it a lot more than anybody else because they had no run game. They and had their, no run game. And they no had defense. no. They had no nothing. Yeah, like they just they had, had Josh to throw Rosen. the ball. Out. I know. I'm, I'm not. But listen, I'm just telling you. I think. I think. I'll tell you why I like Josh turn. Allen in the spot. Okay. All right, so because there was a big thing that came out early on. That Baker Mayfield was in play for the number one, you know, number one pick. Sports writers are going to love Baker Mayfield. Oh yes, absolutely. He is. He's Johnny Manziel two point Yeah, they're trying to just talk about him all the time. Josh Allen. He's big enough to be an NFL quarterback. I love it. He's got a rocket for an arm. I love it. He played in cold weather. I love he it. He played in nasty conditions frequently. Yep. And the other guy, like Sam Darnold. And when I, you, you saw what Darnold was this I'm, year. I'm not a fan of Darnold. I watched him play. I watched Darnold play more than the other three. And and last year, yes, Darnold, before anybody was able to scout him or do anything, he was outstanding Correct. against a crap schedule. What happened when he, he didn't play the greatest schedule in the world, but but what happened? 
This even in, even in games that they won, they were still more talented than anybody else. Everybody else. else. So you're not going to have that with the Browns. And now they were not more talented than Notre Dame. Notre Dame absolutely stomped them. They were not more talented than Ohio State. Ohio State absolutely stomped them. And it's the same thing, yep. right? Josh Rosen, six and six quarterback. Yeah, whatever. Right? Did he look? Both of them can play. They've got the size. They can play in the NFL. I'm not saying they're going to be complete busts. I'm saying I like Allen for the Browns a lot more, especially after this, than I did before. And I know the Senior Bowl shouldn't be, you know, end all be all. Look good today, apparently. Um, but yeah, he he looked good nine on uh, well 13. Saturday. But yeah, nine for thirteen. What a hundred and sixty something yards yeah. or two touchdowns. Let's see, where was he passing? Um, nine out of thirteen, one hundred fifty eight yards, two touchdowns. He took two sacks, but it is what it is. Much better than what Baker Mayfield did. Mayfield was three out of seven for nine yards. Not good. All right, so let me tell you the real reason that I would pick him based off the amount of information I have right now. The the one guy I passed on, we passed on, he looks just like him. Oh, uh, Carson Wentz. They sold the Carson Wentz pick because they didn't believe in Carson Wentz. Exactly. And you know what? You go get a guy that looks just like Carson Wentz. He's big. He's strong. He's got every book throw in the book. And he's got the same thing discrediting him that Carson had. Oh, he played at Wyoming. And good quarterbacks don't come out of Wyoming. Well, Carson played at North Dakota. And good quarterbacks don't come out of North Dakota. Oh, guess what? This guy has all the tools in the book and he can play. And plus, I will tell you, I have historically liked quarterbacks and I've said this before on the podcast, I've liked quarterbacks that don't come from big schools. Because when you take a quarterback from a USC or a Notre Dame or some of these other places, every receiver they have is better than all the DBs the other team has. Every offensive lineman they have are better than the defensive players on the other side of the field. They have At at least 90% of the time. Every advantage you can possibly have. And that doesn't mean that they're not great. Nope. It just shows that I want guys with a chip on the shoulder. If you look at the best quarterbacks historically in the NFL, you take out Peyton Manning, who was a blue chipper from the day he was born. And golly, man, I really can't think of a lot. Joe Montana. Like, other than that, everybody else came from a small school, didn't get recruited by the big boys. And well, Troy Aikman was UCLA. No, Troy Aikman bounced from Oklahoma to UCLA. Well, yeah. He couldn't find a home. Tom Brady was at Michigan, but he couldn't even start consistently on his own team. Dan Marino went to Pitt. Even in the senior year, they platooned. Yeah, uh, you're probably Dan right. Dan Marino this. went to Pitt. Drew Brees went to Purdue. Like, Eli went to Ole Miss. I mean, you, you're not talking about. Ben Roethlisberger was, what, uh, Miami, Ohio? Ohio, Yeah. Like, you're not talking about guys coming from Florida State and being all-world in in the NFL. Now, I will tell you this. I like guys that had to fight to get there. Blake Bortles went to UCF. Small school. He is built exactly like Josh Allen. He's got the same thing going on. That's what worries me is that you have example, And that's the thing. One guy went to school in Florida. One guy went, and has never left the state of Florida, by the way. Yeah. He's born and raised there. The other guy went to school in Wyoming. Tell me you wouldn't take in just a random pool of people pulling out a street fight, a dude from Wyoming and a dude from Florida sized up about the same size. You're probably right. 100% of the people taking the dude from Wyoming. Oh, yeah. 
He's got some grit. He's got some tough. That guy's been kicked by a horse. Oh yeah, he's well. He was uh, he was raised on a farm, wasn't he? Yeah, Blake. Blake got no toughness. He's never suffered. He's never struggled. Now you're right. You're entirely right. Let's no. talk about uh, DJ Chark. Oh, oh, your boy LSU. Let, let's this talk is, about what I, this, this is, is for gonna LSU. This is going to be so frustrating to watch. You know that, right? Five receptions, 160 yards, one touchdown. God, he had a 75-yard touchdown uh, reception. I, I don't like to blow up about senior days and, and combines. I, was, I think he's going to be a really good NFL football player. What do you think about the two quarterbacks for the South team? Right. So Kyle Laletta, who's from Richmond, he was 8 out of 12, 198 yards with three touchdowns. He's the one that threw the, the long touchdown pass. Uh, you got Mike White from Western Kentucky, who put up massive numbers under, under uh, Jeff Brom, and was good enough to go what seven and six this year, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, but he was eight out of eleven for 128 yards and, and one touchdown. It's hard to look at these numbers because the South killed the North, so it's going to be really hard to look. Like all these stats are going to be skewed because they all put up such stats. Let me tell you about my boy J.K. Scott real quick. Alabama punter, who I have talked on this show about being the best kicker I have ever seen in my life, as far as a, a punter goes, right? And that's, you never think too much about it until you don't have a good one. If you've got a punter that's like shanking the ball all the time and all this, look, J.K. Scott had six punts, 292 yards. He averaged 48.7 yards per punt. This kid, like, you may see this kid get drafted as a punter. Well, the Ram, uh, the uh, the Raiders have drafted punters. Oh yeah, the, I think they're the only franchise that's ever done it. That's a, well, no, no, no. There's been uh, who who took uh, what was the Colquitt kid from Tennessee? Oh, all the Colquitts have been drafted. Yeah, too. yeah, I forgot about that. So they all get drafted late. Late. I think the Raiders have drafted a punter in like the third round. <laughs> I mean, look, if you're good, then you're good. No, that's not, no, that's but ridiculous. that's a, that's a terrible. That, that's value ridiculous. Pick. If you you know that's that's a that's that, an awful that pick awful is philosophy. Awful. Awful value. All right, so so DJ Chark, it, look, LSU does this all the time. Explain this to me. I can't. Why I are they not able to get and, – and you don't even have to be a great quarterback in college to be able to use the weapons that you have. But we don't uh, – but you do have to be a good quarterback, right? You, you got to be decent. You we, uh, we, don't, uh, we don't have that. That blows we my mind. We haven't had that my entire life. That just blows my mind. Now this is why I get so pissed off when you Albert, you're sitting here with Jalen Hurts taking you to 26 wins and two losses, and you're like, "We need to pull and put Tua in." I want to push you out this damn window. You have no idea what you have in life. You you just you have no clue what real struggles are. In watching college football, none. I don't. It don't give me the bullshit. Oh, I was there in the nineties. That was self inflicted. Okay? okay. Okay. We had number one recruit after number one recruit quarterback committed all the way up to signing day, and then he gets on TV and he throws this hat down and he picks this other hat up, and we lost him. And because Les Miles was a loyalty guy. Once he had you committed, he refused to recruit anybody else because he thought you're my only guy and I believe you when you give me your word. And that was his downfall. Do you believe in uh in what's the kid's name? Miles Brennan? The the next the next coming next year. That dude was a backup at Tennessee State. 
No, not Miles Brennan. Who's is that the dude we got from Tennessee State? That's a transfer. I don't think so. Miles Brennan, I think, came to I think LSU. That dude's name is Miles. We, we we may have to check that out. We'll, we'll fact check it later. Yeah, we'll fact check that later. But if it's I, a Tennessee I think, State guy, the answer is no. No, I think and the other guy. Once again, it. we've had this conversation before. Don't ask me about anybody new, because I don't follow recruiting. I don't. I don't believe. No, I can understand in it. that. I don't listen to it. I'm not watching high school football. I don't care. I don't care how you did being the biggest, baddest kid at your school of of 200 people, and now all of a sudden you think you can go play college ball. Okay, I'm not getting into that crap. I've seen five-star guys flake out and not be tough enough to take it, and I've watched two- and three-star guys by their junior year be all-world and wreck people's lives. So, yeah, I just don't – I'm not following it. I don't get into it. I know if you get enough of them, then it doesn't matter. You're going to hit them more than not. But I, I don't know anything about the kid. Let's talk about – and this will close out the show. Shaq Griffin. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Shaq Griffin from UCF. Got one hand. Got one hand. He's born with a defect. He is, and he earned practice player of the week at the Senior Bowl this week. Yep. He is, and and, and other people. He's a four-year starter for Central Florida. Yes, and and basically what, is, was he an All-American? I don't know if he was All-American. I know he was All-American Conference. Yeah. He is a stud. He's safety. Yes. And he is a stud. His brother plays for Seattle Seahawks. His brother's a stud. This kid. But he was born with one hand. He was born with one hand. He's a safety. He was not invited to the NFL Combine. Now, you and I, when we first heard this, both had the same reaction. Like, what in the world is going on? And, And then as we started thinking about it, it started to make a little more sense. Look, the NFL is a meritocracy. They ain't trying to do all the diversity stuff. They ain't try, like they are trying to get the absolute yeah. best players in the world on their teams. There's only 53 spots on each team. Now, while you got 30 teams, that's not that many players. No. Now you got practice squads and all this, but the combine, like they don't, they don't invite that many people. They want the best of the best because they are looking for first and second round talent. Like period. That's that's what they've got this. He'll whole thing have for. a pro day and people will show up and he could probably make a practice squad pretty easy. He might he will probably get drafted. Yeah. Well, there's a chance. But the the issue is he's got one hand. Got one hand. We're talking about going to so my first reaction was exactly what you said. We talked about it and I was I was pretty mad. I was like, This kid has earned this. Part of me thinks he has earned it. But I also understand we're going to a place where they measure your hand width. They measure a quarterback's eyes from the ground to see how not just tall he is, but how high up his eye level is. Like, they measure everything to the nearest inch, centimeter, millimeter, man, to split hairs between does this guy have what it takes to be great or does this guy not. They measure bench press. They measure, like, they measure everything. all this stuff. And while he could probably be really explosive at a lot of things, he's never going to intercept an NFL pass. And if you tell me that tell you've, me this. you've got, you a, know you've got he, a defensive player. Did he actually get any interceptions this year? Because like that would be pretty remarkable. I don't know that he has. I haven't looked at the uh, – I haven't looked at like – I don't know. What he, his might, he, might, he might have. 
If he did, I'm going to bet it's a batted ball that had to fall down where he could kind of cradle it. Yeah, it had to be. I would, I would be shocked uh, just, just from the ability to be able to do it. And I'm, I could be absolutely wrong. I did watch a lot of his games. I watched a lot of Central Florida this year. They were really exciting to watch. They're good. Let's see. 2015, he got, he got one interception. One interception last year. He recovered a fumble. Well, I mean, he can still do that. He can still play. He still functions on the field. He doesn't need. It's taking a minute to load yeah. up. It'll be all right. He doesn't. So, he doesn't need. I mean, he's he's been able to play football at a competitive level his entire life. So he's he's not he's not completely disabled. I I want to see this guy do well, and not because he's hurt. He's fun to watch. Like if you looked at him and didn't notice his hand, you would think this guy's stud. This guy's a beast. He could play. He had. Up, oh, nope. I lied. That was a fumble re- uh, recovery. Yeah. Zero, Zero interceptions. interceptions. Yeah. And that's where it turns into a problem. In the NFL, at the combine, they are looking for the longest of long shots. They're splitting every hair. They're measuring every inch of every person's body. And if you show up without a piece of your body, now he he was a safety. He, he played linebacker. But he's six one two twenty three. He's not big enough to play linebacker in the NFL, I don't think. No, not a chance. I don't think there's any way he'd be able and he might not be small enough to play safety. Like he might be that tweener anyway, to where he could be a good nickel player. Yeah, six one two twenty three is pretty good size for like a run stopping safety. Yeah, but, but the issue is you have to be able to do both in the NFL. That's bringing the duty in for the nickel. Yeah. That's not, you know, so you you almost always know exactly what he's going to to do when he's in the game. I think he could still get drafted, and I think he could still make. And if the NFL had bigger rosters, and you could hire a guy like this just for um, special teams and stuff, dude, I'd put him on every kickoff and every punt. That guy could light people up, and he could tackle, and he can absolutely wrap people up and tackle them. He had forty. Uh, he had seventy four total tackles, forty three solo, thirty one assisted this year. He won Defensive Player of the Year in the American Conference last year with ninety two tackles. Yeah. He had eleven and a half sacks in two thousand sixteen. He he's not a charity case. This guy no. has the stats and and the 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 ability to play to back it up. This is not let's you know. Let's let everybody catch the ball and, and, and participate. What what stats were we just looking at? Because this says that he had three interceptions. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, why are we getting different? We All you did was literally scroll down. Scoring. Oh, scoring. He oh. didn't score off so interceptions. Okay. Okay, go back up. So three interceptions, one, interception, one each year. 15, 16, and 17. One interception in each year. Those are three years he played. His and he got he two fumble recoveries this year, two fumble recoveries uh, in 2016, and one in 2015. Yep. He could play. Yeah, he can absolutely play. But I can get why he was not invited to the combine. I understand. I'm there not going to be outraged because of it. I do want NFL teams to go, which they will, go to Central Florida and watch the pro, um, what the pro day. The pro day. That's it. Absolutely. All right, so on Wednesday night, we're going to get into Super Bowl talk. We're going to give our picks. We're going to jump all over. Uh, look, I've got an article going out on Monday morning about Nick Foles. It'll be and, short. And whether There's or not, not enough about him. Well, that's that's the thing. I dig back through his career to see if he's ever been able to have multiple, you know, several different QBR 100-plus games in a row, all that kind of stuff. You can check it out there. We'll talk about it on Wednesday night. Um 
numbers might surprise you a little bit. I was kind of no, no, they won't. I was kind of shocked. No, they won't. Um, but we'll we'll get into that on Wednesday. We'll give our Super Bowl picks. Um, I don't know what else is going to happen this week that will uh, that will jump on the show. But I guarantee you something about Michigan State will jump up. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about more NFL draft. More. We'll have everything. media day at the NFL uh, Super Bowl going on, so a bunch of storylines might come out that we don't know anything about. And Wednesday is a week from National Signing Day, and while you don't follow it. I do a little bit. So, and there's not a whole lot to go oh, around. It's this time. something we need to talk about. It's it's part of what we're going to do if we're going to cover college football. I understand that. And that's that's one thing. It's going to be a lot different this year. Yeah. Because a lot of people have already signed in the December signing period. Yeah. So we'll jump on that. Uh, but for now, we are going to get out of here. We appreciate you guys checking us out. Don't forget Later. to share that thing out. We'll see you next time on winningcureseverything.com and the Winning Cures Everything podcast. for the rundown remember check out winningcureseverything.com you can give us a like on facebook facebook.com slash winningcureseverything you can follow us on twitter at winningcures you can follow myself at GaryWCE. You follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com, and we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551-226-9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team, or praise us, or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551 551- Two two six nine eight nine nine, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time, have a good one, guys. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.